Welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. Okay, welcome back. Kurt's maybe organized now. Give me a minute. He couldn't find the calendar on his phone, and then he got his pages all mixed up, because why would you not just leave them in order? And then somebody texted me about some logs. In the middle of trying to find a calendar, you guys, this is this is what we deal with. There's more squirrels in this room. It's like Diana at um, Sherburn County. Listen, somebody's got big oak logs that I'm going to mill. That was important. Not important right now. So okay. today, let's get back to today. Episode 116. Sugar addiction with sprinkles on top. Yeah, so we did this talk a bit ago on our Echo, and we did a little bit of a sugar podcast quite a bit ago when we were mostly making fun of maple syrup. And we've had a bunch of people actually ask about the genetics and how it fits into actual addiction world, which it is officially not in the DSM-5 as an addiction. I mean, to be honest, uh, when you did this as an echo, my first thought was, really? I don't know. He said I was like lame and stupid. I thought it was pretty lame, but people loved this thing. So it was like, you know why? what do I know? Because obviously people in the echo and people who listen all have like some type of an connection to use disorders or treatment of use disorders but everybody is around sugar i i'm not gonna lie i mean i got a little problem speaking of this no put the phone down no i'm flip it over so you can't see it i was on twitter the other day and some physician somewhere had said Who's with me? Sprinkles. Skittles are the best candy, right? The best sugar candy. Mm -hmm. And there's so many comments. And of course, I agreed with the Skittles. But the list, Sour Patch Kids was like a close second. Mm. Yeah, I I don't think I'd... Licorice. There were so many. It was just a cool little thing. Okay. Yeah, it's it's done. Okay. All right. So let's just talk about... We're going to... This is part one. We're just going to kind of talk about the background... And the evolution, a little bit on obesity, and then we're going to start getting into the, the meat of the nutrition <laughs> transition <laughs> theory, the meat. The, yeah, we're going to get into the... There's no sugar in meat. No sugar in meat, unless you brown sugar coat it. Um, and then get into the nutrition transition theory, and then subsequent sugar ones, we'll talk more on the genetics. Yeah, so please... Keep listening because it is kind of interesting. I know because Heather's doing most of this. People are just like, I'm shutting it off. But no. No. It's really cool. Anyway, so this first one. How much sugar that people consume, the average human daily, 95 grams, which is about 20 teaspoons. How much is in a bowl of Fruit Loops, I wonder? (laughs) Is that what you had for breakfast No, no, but that'd be like your whole day. And... So if you are, you know, the average person with 2,000 calorie per day diet, we're not going to get into, you know, dietitian things, but that's kind of the standard everybody's known for years. It should be less than 25 grams a day. <laughs> yeah. And we're like almost quadrupling that. So 77 pounds a year. That's more than my 10-year-old weighs. Really? 
That's okay. how much I'm eating. And not, not, well, I probably am. Oh. So what does the American Heart Association actually recommend? A lot less. Less than even the should be. <laughs> so. I mean, a, a hundred calories of sugar a day for women. Where are you at? Have you checked it? Do you, do you watch that? I'd have to look at how much is in my creamer, but it's not, it's, I'm not, I'm, I'm not just, I'm not to hundred calories or six teaspoons. Yet. Yeah. Six teaspoons. And we're not talking heaping teaspoons. No, we're talking an actual teaspoon. Actual teaspoons. So for men, nine teaspoons or 150 calories. So those crumble cookies. <laughs> those are like 14. <laughs> for a corner. Yeah. Okay. So great. I think this is disgusting that 80% of the packaged foods in the grocery store have added sugar. Now, this mm. isn't the outside aisle. You know, the outside, you're supposed to stick to the outside of a grocery store and not the lanes or whatever. 80% have added added sugar. Not like it needed to be there. Added sugar. I, I'll plead the fifth on what I eat. Mm. Um, you know, and I, let's face it. Pop is one of the big issues. Soda. I was going to say pop. Who says pop? Yeah. You say pop if you're from northern Minnesota. If you're from Iowa, you say soda. No, if you're from like anywhere else in the southern half of the country, you say soda. Yeah. So People the say, you average, want a soda? What's that? average soda can, so we're not talking your go-to of Mountain Dew, um, is 40 grams. No. I quit diet Mountain Dew. 40 grams. So you're already like almost double the recommended daily dose in one can. I think that the coffee is the one that, you know, and, and just think of the people that, how many calories people drink off coffee every day. Well, we're talking the lattes or we're talking, put, just, 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 Kurt, the, 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 that. I know, but it's the clinic. You're like a teenage kid. You're like Isaac right now who's sitting at home on his phone. Okay. Yes. Coffee. Um, vitamin water. Mm. Cause it's healthy, right? It's cause it has vitamin and it's a water. That's not vitamin water. That's a bubbly. There's no sugar in that. There is no sugar in this. How about the this one with that has like caffeine in it? Nope, no sugar. Hmm. There's like nothing in this except caffeine. Um. Anyway, so that is 17 grams. So half of your daily recommended maximum of sugar is in a vitamin water and low fat vanilla yogurt, 34 grams. Wow, that's, that's a ton. So when you're going to the grocery store, and you know, do you pick the the regular yogurt or do you pick the low fat? The lower the fat, the higher the sugar. Is kind of the otherwise it tastes badly. No, so. it doesn't taste badly. It okay. just tastes bad. It tastes bad. There's no Lee in that. No. Okay. I'm tasting. No, you can't even. You, anyway, co-occurring. Most people. This is this is kind of some co-occurring things when it comes to sugar. So people who consume more sugar are often dealing with physical or emotional. Sugar helps with emotional and physical stability. Like that is what you feel. So if you're feeling unstable or stressed out, sugar is often the go-to. Do you want me to tell you what my go-to is when I'm stressed out? It's Swiss cake rolls or the chocolate wax donuts from the grocery store. No, or gas if I'm really stressed out, chocolate uh, milk. It's uh, toast with brown sugar and cinnamon on it. Isn't I've that weird? never done it with brown sugar. Oh. Okay, binge, binge eating. eating. Mm. It's the same thing. It's that whole repeat cycle. Alcoholism, this is what we were just talking about. People with alcohol use disorder often crave sugar while in withdrawal. And I had a patient just yesterday say that. Oh my gosh, when I quit drinking three years ago, I I can't even tell you how much sugar I was eating. And we went through her lab work and it was funny because you could see her A1C, and she's not even diabetic, was kind of creeping towards diabetic range. And now she, you know, she's 
drinking a little bit now again, and her sugar intake has gone back down. It's interesting because the, there's actually sugar preference genes. I got those. <laughs> really? I'm going to call them leggings. And you, <laughs> you just gave those You gave those to your offspring. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. But people who have a sugar preference in their genetics, peop, their offspring either gets a sugar, quote-unquote, addiction and also have a higher chance of alcohol use disorder. So if you end up getting hooked on sugar and ho-hos or whatever those things are, Ding-dongs. Ding-dongs. You may also have a compulsive gambling problem. Hmm. Which is, of course, the only official non-substance addiction, so behavioral addiction. Wow. And also some video game issues. So they they come together, these things. Isn't that crazy? But not all the other use disorders. Alcohol and gaming. Or gambling, excuse me. Um, Anxiety. So when you're under stress, your cortisol, and this, this is so interesting to me, um, there's two types of people and this is studied and it has to do with this anxiety and your cortisol release. So cortisol is the hormone that releases when you're stressed. There's two different kinds of people who are, when they're under stress, there's the people who don't eat and lose like way too much weight. Like if they're going through a major life change, like divorce or whatever, they just don't eat. And then there's the people who are stressed out and eat everything. That would be myself. Um, and hmm. so it's interesting that they've studied this and it's actually a thing. There's two different types of people and it's a genetic thing. Sorry, kids. I'm, yeah. You know, it's funny because if I think when I'm stressed, it's like I'll go to a diet Mountain Dew and there's no sugar in that. There's fake sugar. So, But that's... Uh, how's uh, that? But you also just said you go to brown sugar toast. So you actually... You're kind of in the middle, but most... During the day, it's diet Mountain Dew. Evening... But have you noticed that ever in life? Or maybe this is a female thing to notice because I used to notice these things. Like, how come you just don't eat when you're stressed and I do? And it's it's actually a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So withdrawal and detox. So if you were just to say, I'm going on a sugar detox. <laughs> Within 24 hours, you will crave it. You will want sugar. And it's that, it's that negative reinforcement that you get like an opioid withdrawal. Like, it makes you want to eat more sugar. Your brain can't function. It's in this brain imbalance. So you will crave the sugar and mm. you will get lethargic because you just took rid of your, you got rid of your primary energy source. Um, you can't communicate as well. Your thought presses, your moods are all over the place. Scary thought. Scary thought. If I were to do this, I guess. I wonder what things relieve that. If it's only, you know, I mean, again, if someone's alcohol. alcohol- well, again, <laughs> alcohol withdrawal, sugar helps. So if you're in sugar withdrawal, if you had an alcohol beverage, would that help? That would help alleviate some of the symptoms. I don't know. Would it? I no, it would actually, but it, it's, this is not recommended in how you yeah, put yeah. sugar. No. Um, you will also, during that first 24 hours, get anxious, teeth chattering, tremors, shakes, and I've felt this. Headaches. This is the worst symptom ever. It's like quitting Diet Mountain Dew for you. Like cold turkey, you just get the worst headache. Well, I have not had that trouble in a long time. I've had a couple little lapses recently. But But what they recommend, so here's kind of what you mentioned with the alcohol, if you're in sugar withdrawal, is to eat fruit if you're having the headache from sugar withdrawal, which makes sense because it's natural sugars. Mm, So I could drink maple syrup. (laughs) Yeah. 
<laughs> and then you will have diarrhea. I mean, it's hard, just to, did a cleanse. it's hard to imagine you get like myalgias and insomnia and all this. But I do know somebody that quit eating processed food. And you just said that 80, you know. 80%. Yeah. And so, and she described how she had a, almost a four or five, six days of just feeling miserable. Mm-hmm. And it must have been the sugar issue. Right. Well, it's kind of like people who go on the Atkins diet or the... Mm-hmm. Um, keto diet that's like the same thing is that they just feel like crud at first because their body needs to kind of come up with a new source of energy Mm. hours after you quit sugar your hormone levels change your insulin drops and so now your body starts to go to stored fats for energy because it doesn't have your quick sugars Mm. wonder if your testosterone goes up oh never mind oh my god within days (laughs) your, your triglycerides especially and your lipids will drop and your taste buds eventually will adjust. And so this is, I've seen this. People who just don't have a high sugar thing, like then they taste sugar and they get, it's like too sweet. Or mm. it's people who quit doing salt. It's just like too salty. Mm. Weird. So, taste buds. So you're not just supposed to quit. No, you're not supposed to quit. Don't quit cold turkey. And it's, this is interesting to me that you, if you increase your exercise, that somehow that would help. Yeah, they say something about the endorphins. And then the other thing, when you're having those cravings, <laughs> this I don't understand, but whatever. Distraction. Distra- that's probably it. So if you're having cravings, especially in those first few days and you just can't handle it, take a hot bath or a shower for five to ten minutes during that craving. Mm. You know, maybe you could just lick a sucker a couple times just to, you know, taper. Just a thought. Yeah, but... So you're really supposed to get rid of like the obvious, get rid of the cookies and the cakes and that kind of stuff first or the soda. I usually, that's usually the first thing I tell my patients is let's cut out just the regular sodas, except you have to deal with caffeine sometimes then. So it's got to be careful. Mm. And then you start looking at the, the other things like your yogurts or your other beverages. And then you start cutting back to the processed foods because where you have to read all the labels, that gets hard. Mm. Interesting. So is it an addiction? You know, there was this study in the British Medical Journal. Um, His name is tough to say, or hers. G. Nicolantonio. Oh, that was pretty good. Nicolantonio. So they did note that sugar produces more symptoms than required to be addictive. So like if you're looking at the DSM-5, binging, craving, tolerance, withdrawal, cross-sensitization, cross-tolerance, cross-dependence, rewards, because it depends on your natural endogenous opioids, but does not officially alter your cognitive abilities. So it's not a drug. That's why it at this point is not considered a drug. Yeah, but gambling's not considered a drug. Just this a thought. Is, well, right. But this is different because gambling, you don't internal. You don't like consume it. Ah. Whereas the sugar you do. And so it's that whole, I don't know. You're so smart. I know. Just kidding. Okay. I just, okay. I said that to make you feel good about yourself. Again. I know. Thank you. Um, so, so how about this whole obesity problem? Well, so is this, that all sugar? This, this is related to this evolutionary revolution and how this even became a thing and why this all happened and yeah it does go to the obesity thing and what they've noticed is since world war ii there's been increased morbidity and decreased life expectancy due to things like cardiovascular disease diabetes cancers and in all the research on this it is attributed to the dietary changes 
Yeah, and I think it's stunning if you look at in the developing countries how many people would classify as obese, and it's a third. Yeah, even yeah, even developing countries. I mean, I I look at what, and this is no lie. When I started my practice, which wasn't that long ago, the uh, thirty years, the five, the five year olds coming in for their their uh, kindergarten physical were forty two inches tall, forty two inches. Or 42 pounds. That was how I always remembered. Well, I always remember age four, 40, 40 inches, 40 pounds. Yeah. But and five is usually like 42, 42. And now it's like 42, 80, you know, and it's like, it just stuns me. It's, it's stunning. So what's changed the sedentary lifestyle? I mean, you have, and so they're basically saying a lot of this is obviously directly related to, you know, are you watching TV and you're sitting around, there's no physical activity, um, and then just the processed foods. So since in just the year of 1998, so just 1998, so I was like 16, there were 11,000 new products on the shelves that had extra added sugar. Wow. 11,000 in just one year. I'm just glad one of them was the Nestle's Crunch Bar. <laughs> <laughs> and probably those little Swiss cake rolls and yummy so, I once read a book on uh, Louis Anderson, actually, and his one of his favorite treats was uh, Lay's potato chips, and he would unroll the Swiss roll and then scoop out the cream with the potato chip. And he passed away of a heart attack at a young age. I'm not sure what he passed away of, actually. But that, that is what he passed away. I, I could be wrong. Let me know, people. But yeah, a lot of processed foods, big problem. Yeah, decreased home preparation of food. So this is the processed foods. Um Decreased cost of producing processed foods compared to like the farming and the actual natural foods. Um, so just more things that are refined. And this was interesting, and I didn't put it in this specifically because it was already really long. So the increased refine of grains and mostly grains even, it goes through so much processing, even like your grains. So like the whole grain bread is different than like wheat because when it breaks down going through the machines, it actually starts to break down the composition of the thing. So you actually get less nutrition from something mm. than you would in like more of the whole natural. But the whole problem is, it, isn't it that the processed foods you just said they're, they, co- they cost less to produce? Correct. And if you don't have much money, what do you buy? Exactly. So. Lentils like Charlie. Oh my god! I didn't. I didn't even know people ate those. They were something you put in your wrist rocket and shoot at people. Lentils. I don't know. So there's been lots of quotes in the dietitian world where addictive and hedonic is how you describe um, processed foods. I think hedonic is a pretty creepy word, but it's, relating it's to pretty harsh. <laughs> right. Relating to or considered in terms of pleasant or unpleasant sensations. Mm. So there's been also a lot of like gut microbiome changes. When you have a lot of sugar in your gut, it does change like your natural things that break down stuff in your gut. Hmm. Okay. So we're going to talk about this first theory of how this all happened. And it is the nutrition transition theory. So it has a lot to do with what we just talked about, like with World War II, but it even breaks it down further. Mm, nutrition and transition no, kind of flows nutrition transition theory i feel like i should be talking like yeah, much nutrition transition theory okay so the theory itself focuses on urbanization economic growth technical changes and culture including technology urbanization economic welfare so historically 
back in the day, like way in the day, most people had high disease related to famine, malnutrition, and poor sanitation. So that makes sense. Poor drinking water. They didn't have all this access to food a lot of times. Um, and there's famine. Mm. This has become now more chronic and degenerative diseases are where we're getting kind of like the the morbidity and mortality, like diabetes and cancers and heart disease. And that's because we have this urban industrial lifestyle. So there's less mobility, high fat and low fiber leads Mm. to all this degenerative things. Wow. Doesn't sound good. Well, you know, Let's think think about all these things, the malnutrition, all that, that historically was the problem. Mm-hmm. That's also why people weren't as tall. People are much taller now than they were 100 years ago. But think about the furniture. Not as healthy either. No. So unfortunately, we went way the wrong way. It's crazy. So this is the final part of this. And then next time we'll talk about even more of this evolutionary thing and some of the genetic aspects. But this whole thing is... <laughs> I love globicity (laughs) and it's like a global issue and they've shown this because if you look at wild animals so like we're talking about like the giraffes and the elephants they have even had more weight they weigh more now than they did that makes no sense they're not buying processed food it's a the food supply global dietary pattern so it's like this whole shift in What's being, I don't know. This one didn't like, yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. I mean, let's face it. doesn't make sense at all, but. The the different animals in captivity, like dogs. How many heavy dogs do you see? Marcy? Marcy is like She could exercise a little more. She is making fun of Marcy. Marcy's perfect. But it's the neighborhood effect as well. I mean, how many diabetic dogs are there now? Yeah. Oh my gosh. There are. Cats, especially. Mm. Anyway. So yeah, the neighborhood effect. Neighborhood effect. So very interesting. So bear with us. This is not a recognized addiction, but it's very interesting from an addiction standpoint. So, and of course, Heather just likes this stuff. So I do love this stuff. And you can tell by how you talk about it. It's like this super interesting thing to you. Okay. So next time, like we said, genetic aspects, evolutionary aspects, we're going to go into some of the neurobiology. I'll bring it down to current level. So everyone in the universe will be able to understand it. You know, the interesting thing when we look at like addiction and this, uh, I know somebody who often says, and doesn't drink or smoke much at all. doesn't smoke at all, rarely drinks now, but still says the best thing together was a, you know, was a cigarette and a beer. Right. And so on a, on a sugar standpoint, it'd be like a diet Mountain Dew and mini donuts. <laughs> it's like, it's like, or and and I've, I'm I'm in recovery from that, but uh, not the mini donuts or not. I haven't had them in a while, but it's like together and just the rush. I don't know. Oh my gosh, it's truly a rush. I don't know. There y'all go. <clears throat> now you can all sleep better tonight, maybe. Yeah. Well, that was interesting, Heather. So, oh, thank you. We will move on to next week. I don't know what it, what we, we're going to do we for next week. We might do part two of this one because this one's like yeah. way long. Maybe part two. Maybe part two. Stay tuned. Battle Eggs and Casey, go for it. Anyone wants to reach out to us, of course, that's the Addiction Connection Podcast at Gmail.
I went to the pub just about three. The waitress smiled and she winked at me. She said, here is my number. You should drop on by. I said, please, could you get me the waffle fry? A man came to my table and he dropped his card He said, boy, I'm an agent, you could go far They'd pay a fortune just to see your face I said, if you could get me a Diet Coke, that'd be great I got the highest charisma in the land Just six after six going out of my hand No one cares about your other scores My intelligence is eight and my wisdom is four My face looks great and my voice is warm Let the wizards fell and the warriors fight They're not taking home a lady tonight And I'm taking home a lady tonight I gathered myself, it was time to leave When and walked a maiden I'd never seen With her hair in curls and her eyes in green She was the prettiest girl that i ever seen She said, forget the drinks, and she grabbed my hair You and I will make the perfect pair Carry me home and come to bed with me I said, I wish I could laugh, but my strength is three I got the highest charisma in the land Just six after six falling out of my hand No one cares about your other scores My intelligence is eight and my wisdom is four All my saving throws are also bad. 